Hi and welcome to our TY podcast aspirations. Today we're lucky enough to have very successful entrepreneurs Gavin and Aoife Lawler who, was the, who were the co-founders of Irish Trader Company and are now starting fresh in Innovate Creative Academy. Um, so first can you tell me about what type of work you do as entrepreneurs? Do you want to handle this one? Um, so what type of work we do as entrepreneurs? We work for ourselves. That's what entrepreneurism is. Um, and what we do primarily, we work in the toy and gift category. So we make toys and gifts for kids. How it works is we wake up every single morning and we ask ourselves, are we absolutely stark raving mad? Why can't we just go like and, and be employed by somebody? And that's the reality of entrepreneurship. It is really, really hard. But the rewards can be really, really worth it. Uh, in our past, for the last eight years, we've sold over a million units of fairy doors. Everybody, everybody heard of a fairy door? Yeah. Right, so there's, there's 370,000 children in Ireland that believe in Santa Claus. And we sold a half a million fairy doors in Ireland at 25 quid. Right, so if you can do the math on that, it equates to a lot of money, okay? That allowed us to do, establish ourselves as a brand and move into other countries and see if we could spread that Irishness, that little touch of magic that storytellers have. Aoife, to her core, forever and ever, since I've ever met her, has been a storyteller. She understood how to come up with an idea, and for some reason, I understood how to commercialise it and put it on the shelf. That's how entrepreneur works. It works as uh, sparking great ideas uh, and having the balls to go and chase your dreams down and try to put it on the shelf. And that's what real entrepreneurism is. Okay, so what made you want to be an entrepreneur and get in this industry? I, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, let's be very honest. I worked in the HSE for 16 years in mental health, did my degree, did my master's, had a career path set up, and Gavin is the serial entrepreneur in the relationship. We met in school, actually, so like think about it that way. He basically forced me into being an entrepreneur, and I suppose I was in a job, and I liked it, and it paid well, and I was kind of like, there has to be more to life. And then Gavin is always has been the entrepreneur in the relationship and he was like just come with me come with me come on it'll be grand don't worry about it don't worry about money or necessities i'll sort it out <laughs> so yeah. i followed him more than more than anything else okay so how many of you here like on a daily basis honestly when you're sitting in a class i mean you just daydream and go off and think about other stuff like <laughs> so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say that's roughly that's everybody 95 percent, yeah. right so that's exactly what i was like in school and, and people were always kind of saying to me oh, you need this and you need to do that and you need to get your grades and I done enough to get by, but I was the wanderer. In my mind, I was the guy at 20 years of age that was going to wear a Rolex and drive a BMW. Uh, and, and that's what drove me. But as you progress through your life and through different emotional stages of your life, uh, different ages, I'm being honest, you start to understand that it's not about that. It's more about love, respect, and teaching your children and people around you the difference between right and wrong. Our gift was we could put imaginary play into it. So... Uh, that's kind of the road that we decided to take. It was, it was, uh, it was very organic. Um, but as I said, if you do wander off in a classroom and if, you, and if you feel like you're thinking about something else and you need to bring your focus back, it's okay to wander, as long as you wander back every now and again. Okay, so you talked about uh, fairy doors a while ago, but can you bring back that up and tell us more about that experience? <laughs> so yeah. We, yeah. So we, start, we started the company in 2013 through a really bad recession. So Gavin had lost his business. Uh, I was still working. I was the only one out of the four of us that were working. So we started that business with two friends of ours. And it basically started an idea we had at home. 
myself and Neve, my friend, were doing it with our kids. Gavin decided to listen to us for once and said, you could make a business out of this. I didn't see it, but I never do see the business potential in things. That's not my gift in the business. So he decided, I think within about a week, he had a website up and two weeks later we were trading. It was as simple as that. It's like things just had their moment. Both families were having really crappy recessions. The media took to the story. The Ireland itself needed a bit of hope, so they all just kind of gravitated towards it. It grew the business to a, to a point of ridiculous size. Someone asked me recently, what was, what was your biggest problem in Fairy Door? We were too successful, I tell you. We were too successful and not aware of what we had. Um, and that's basically how Fairy Door got started. Dave worked for us, we all worked together. Um, and that was something that I always enjoyed about Fairy Door was the team we had. It's very, you have a very disillusioned look at the media that Fairy Door was built by two couples. It wasn't, it was built by a wider team of people, which we couldn't have done it without the people we had around us, which were mostly family. Yeah, so if you think about like, so for instance, Dave, we produced in Ireland. Uh, and if you know anything about pr producing anything, it could be a pair of shoes or a pair of trousers or, I don't know, a wrist watch or whatever it is. If you produce something in Ireland, it's just, it's expensive. So, um, Dave and his family are, are have a background of accounting and, and uh, commercial side of things and he came in and he made us understand how to import products from China uh, and to make it cheaper for us to purchase which means more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so, your next entrepreneur. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're you're hard, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's kind of how that you know, and then it just evolved out into you know, I've I've what I'm in, I'm in business most of my life myself in one way or another. I'm in Ireland. If you fail in business, you're treated like some kind of a gimp. Um, in America, you won't be hired unless you've failed at least three or four times. I spent a lot of time in America learning their understanding of how to run a business. You know, it's like I'm not going to go into a market and compete with Louise's a pair of glasses on. You have the same glass, you have the same glass. You have the, everybody has Harachis or 270s or whatever runners that are hot right now. Everybody wears the same crap. My gift was to be able to look at something and say, no, I'm not actually going to chase that in the market. I'm going to actually bring in something different. And that became a philosophy of product for us is be the first, be the best, and be the only. So we will always be the first in the market. We will always be the best in the market by the quality. We will always be the only that deliver m multiple unique, well, actually I'll say USPs. Does anybody know what a USP is? Who said that? You. Bang. Good teacher. <laughs> so unique selling point. USPs. If you've got multiple USPs within a product, if anybody, anywhere, in any language, any colour, any nationality, doesn't matter. If they can question you and if you can come back three times and say, well, mine does this, mine does this, and mine does this. And you put a half of a brain in behind that, the chances are your product will succeed. So it was a good lesson for you as well. So that's our philosophy for products. Any time we went into entrepreneurship was first, best, only. Okay, more about like how do you balance your work and home life and like your daily routine? Give us more about that. Yeah, you know we're married. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, there's three in this relationship. So it's an interesting dynamic, right? If you talk to couples, most couples tell you they don't want they don't want to work together. It's hard to work together. So when I left the HSC and we spoke maybe what twenty times a day when I when we weren't working together, always like that. Before you had mobile phones, he'd ring me twenty times at home, right? So my mother was going mad. So when we started to work together, we actually found we liked it, and the reason for that is we complement each other. I cannot do what Gavin does, and he cannot do what I do. He thinks he can, but he can't. <laughs> so that helps. So in a way, you go home. There is a there is a certain element of, and we've learned this as we got older, right? But 
if you're, you know, if you're fixated on a topic and you go to bed, you don't sleep very well. Or you don't, you know, you can't, you can't get a proper night's sleep in. So we've learned, I suppose, that in the evening time, there has to be a certain amount of time that we just say, right, listen, I don't want to talk about this now because I will not sleep or you'll be, your mind will be just racing. But the one thing we have found is that working together is actually a good thing for us. Don't get me wrong, we fight and you're like, you're like a counsellor sometimes. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me Marriage counsellor, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it does complement us well. Um, we also find that having a woman as one of the founders in a business really helps, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. Um, so some, sometimes it's an advantage as well to have a man and a woman. Well, lead I'll, the I'll take it a layer deeper. I, I, most of us men, yeah, like, like you know, we got egos. Like you want to look better Big than him, egos. and he wants to look better than him, and then and, and that's the way we're built. <laughs> Seriously, we're built like that because we care what you're looking at us and making that we're handsome and that we look good and that my <laughs> muscles are big and uh, you know we've all got an ego. I had to let go of my ego and genuinely understand that there's this cliche, and I swear to God, the, the lads will laugh and the girls will go, "Ooh, actually serious." Uh, behind every good business arm that there generally is a freaking woman there there generally is because men are too irrational with their thoughts they, they're reactive whereas women by nature are more calming and, and they, they understand how to cross the t's and dot the i's and not like just break the front door down with their head you know <laughs> because that's men are impulsive but but you need the impulse and, and this is the difference between successful business and none the impulse is great because it's not, it gets the signatures onto deals and then typically behind the scenes a team will work with, with man and woman working the best honestly that's, that's how I feel about it the minute I let go of my ego and start thinking that I was better than Aoife the minute our products actually start to make sense it's, it's amazing when you work for yourself you don't switch off it's very difficult to switch off you kind of you have to make time for yourself and you have to force time for yourself like even and Gavin did like I mean last night I was working until I think it was quarter to twelve on trying to connect with China to make sure that like, because if I don't connect with China before a certain time they're seven hours ahead so then I'll miss their day completely so I have to get information and questions and data out to them prior to them going to work the next day so if you can think about it I was in I got into bed the other night and I got a phone call at 12 minutes past seven from somebody in China and I had to just let it go I had to let it go now normally I potentially wouldn't let that go but then you have a situation so when your business goes global you're dealing with the Far East and you're dealing with the West so if you think of it this way you're dealing with China, which is like seven hours ahead. Okay, we were we were dealing with Australia, which is like I think Sydney is either nine or eleven hours ahead. So your kind of your day starts like I mean the night before. So then you get your you get your sleep. You wake up the next morning, and then you see what kind of responses you get from China, from the questions that you posed the night before, and then you go to work. You deal with the Irish business. You deal with the UK business. You do potentially mainland Europe. And then America goes on stream five hours later. So you're kind of like, I mean, say, you know, America goes on stream at two o'clock in the day when for your two o'clock is there nine o'clock. So then the West Coast of America goes on stream eight hours after you start. So San Francisco goes on stream when you leave work at five o'clock or whatever time. So therefore, San Francisco is going until maybe 12 o'clock. So your day is just full of global time zones and whatever. Now, it, it is difficult. And it is a case of where, like, I mean, if you have a family, like, I mean, say, for example, like, I mean, you all know Louise, my daughter, like, I mean, Louise would be training Camogie and I'd be on the phone to Australia or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 a, it's a 24 hour day when you work for yourself, but you will never go back to working for somebody else because it's such a pain in the ass working for somebody else when you work for yourself, so to speak. 
Okay, so we've talked about everything up until Innovate Creative Academy. So tell us why you set that up and like what is Innovate Creative Academy? We set Innovate Creative Academy up because we wanted to disrupt industries. I was sick of being a hairy fairy. Um, <laughs> we, we built at, at its peak we built a 40 million dollar valuation into the Irish Fairy Door Company uh, I was very pigeonholed everything was fairies fairies freaking fairies everywhere uh, and Aoife Aoife is a creative genius she's won awards for her imagination and writing stories and all that and we couldn't put that stuff into fairy doors because nobody ever took fairy doors for anything other than fairy doors um, so for like the last two years of fairy doors, Aoife kept on coming up to me and I had this idea and I had that idea and I was nearly getting sick of the floor. Oh my God, that's like a million dollar idea. So we made a plan and we wrote a cartoon series. Well, Aoife wrote the cartoon series and I and together with Aoife, we wrote a five year product pipeline. We took a million and a half investment into the company uh, and it paved the way for us to leave that company and go off and what we would say chase our real dreams. We had 11 investors. <coughs> there was a lot of chiefs and not enough Indians. Uh, and at that stage we decided, you know what, we're done. We're cooked on both sides. Let's start Innovate Creative Academy, which its purpose in a professional capacity is to disrupt industries, put incredible products in uh, across multi a multitude of categories, not just toy and gift. We want to bring in this whole the first ever wellness works gift for, uh, range for children, uh, focusing on the new well-being category that, that, that we're going to start in industry um, and bring some excitement <coughs> back into the trade because it's dull and it's boring and it's crap. And, there's nobody inventing or using their imagination and we wanted to raise that platform and that profile for, for Irish entrepreneurs and put the green jersey on and shout our names out across the world and that's what excites us you know yeah okay. what well he said <laughs> <laughs> this question is more geared towards you but when you have a new creative idea what do you do, do what steps do you take to develop that idea and put it on the shelves okay so it's a good question actually because I know I get asked a lot a lot um, so in Fairy Door, my job was product. So any product, new product you saw, generally start with me. And I remember at the start of the journey, someone saying to me, I think it was actually Ushie, he's like, are you ever going to run out of ideas? And it's kind of like, you know, when you're good at something, you don't really doubt it. If they had asked me to do something else in the business, I would have doubted how could I keep up. But I just always had a belief, you know, that, but that was never a problem. So ideas are never a problem. I tend to be a solution-focused idea. So when my daughter presented with anxiety, I thought of the worry plaque. So I tend to be solution focused. I'm not, I'm not an LOL surprise kind of th thinker. So my, my, my products tend to be more involved. Um, so it'll generally start with an idea uh, in my head. I'll be like, okay, that's, that's a really good answer to that. Mostly because I have a mental health background, it tends to come around that. Um, and then my next thing, whatever shot of a doubt to do is to ring Gavin. And he's like, what is it? And I'll tell him and he'll go, that's crap. Or he'll say, no, that's really good, but we should do it like this. So this is where the beauty of the relationship starts. So I'll have an idea. I think it should function like this. And Gavin will be put the commercial eye and he'll say, yeah, who will buy that? And I'll be like, I'll buy it. He's like, yeah, the only person that will buy it. <laughs> so he puts that whole spin on it that will make it commercially appealing to the world. That's how it starts. We're, we're, quite, we're quite good in that. I can make prototype really badly, but I can make prototype. Your dad then does everything from sourcing, pricing, getting it here, figuring it out, making it making it commercial sense that people will buy it, will make money. And we can do all that in about six months. It's amazing. It's a good question and it's amazing the way like I mean say so. Like Aoife, Aoife is essentially the the incubator of the idea. 
she takes the idea and she has it in her head and she will then document it and Gavin will take over and try and commercialize it to make it something that will actually sell. Because like you can have a great idea. Everybody has great ideas. Loads of people are writing books at the moment. Everybody has great ideas. But the, the difficulty is the how to commercialize it, how to make it that people will buy it. Gavin does that end of things. And, and Gavin and I would fight over that quite a lot. But then what we have to do is we have to figure out what's going to be the RRP, what's going to be the retail value of this. Like, I mean, so the majority of decisions that we try, we try and get retail value to $19.99 as a maximum so people can walk in with one bill in their hand and buy it. And that can be difficult because what you do is you go $19.99, less the VAT, then you've got to say what will the shop buy it for, what will the distributor buy it for, and then what are we going to buy it for in the factory? So you have to bring it all the way down and then you're going to turn around and say, Jesus Christ, we have to buy it for $3.50 or $3 or whatever. And then you've got to go to a factory and then you've got to strip out some of the pieces that you have in the product because it's, got, it's not going to be $3 or it's not going to be $3.50, it's going to be $5. We have a product at the moment, it's a fantastic product, we haven't put it to market yet and it's costing $7. And $7 will not cut it because we want to put that in the market for $19.99. So it's 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 double the cost what it should be. And at the moment, at the moment, I'm really hard working on I'm really working hard rather on getting that product to three dollars, three dollars fifty, and I'm making a little bit of progress on it. And if we can get that to three dollars, three dollars fifty, we're on the pig's back big time. But right now, the cost price in the factory is a barrier to entry. It won't happen. It just won't happen. Every so, single thing that you see around you, look at it, think about what it costs, and then divide it by five to seven. Uh, and that's where the it's cost the cost the cost of it is. So if you see a pair of runners or a table or a chair or a radiator, whatever you think the value is in that divided by seven, and that's what it costs in China. <laughs> that's how the the, 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 the world works. Okay. So we one last question. And what motivates you when you get up? What do you think of to get up and go into your business and just start the day and continue to be entrepreneurs? What motivates you? Just I don't know anything. I, I don't believe that you can be taught to be an entrepreneur. I believe you're born an entrepreneur. It's just when it comes out in you. Um, and I like to kind of put questions back out to people and say, like, you know, in our world, it's about there's a euro on the table. How do I make that into two? And all you have to do then is use your imagination to find something that fits into that bracket. It is that simple. How do I turn one euro into two? So money, Gav, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, we're just going to kind of open it up and see if anybody else has any questions. If you do, that's good. And if so you just don't, Just before you open it up, I think what motivates us in general is the fact that, like, I mean, uh, this is a question that's been asked previously, is that we're not selling boxes or we're not selling tables. We're actually selling endearing products. We're selling, we're, we're, we're inventing endearing products. We're inventing products that, and I know it sounds a little bit like Miss World here, competition. We're inventing products that will save the world. But we're actually inventing, and some of the feedback we've got, especially through Fairy Doors, with regards to how we've, I won't say changed people's lives, but we've changed some kids' lives, or, or affected positively their lives, makes it a lot more interesting for me. We're not just selling widgets. We're selling mm. stuff that makes a little bit of a difference to people's lives. Sorry, Yvonne. Okay, so, yeah, if anybody has any questions, if you don't, that's okay. And, yeah. So would you say you work more... Would you say you work more than like the typical nine to five job? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The whole the your your line of questions are actually really good, and I think what we usually do, well, what I usually do is I, I dance around the periphery of answering them directly. Absolutely, we work more, and we don't switch off, and that's why it's hard to get work life and family balance and all that kind of thing. That's why the, well, the questions the, are hard to answer. In a funny way, I did a nine to five for sixteen years, and I don't feel like I'm working now. Mm. I'm getting paid to do what I do now and I don't actually feel like 
I deserve it as much. Yeah, but you know the other I mean? side of it is, I, I came home a little later than Aoife yesterday, and she's in the porch with the freaking Hoover in her hand, and she says, what do you think about this idea? So she's Hoover <laughs> thinking of the freaking idea. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it was a really bad idea, yeah. by the way. So, but, but that's the nature of it. You just don't switch off. Like, I, we have a little notepad. Well, I have a little notepad on the side of my thing, and I wake up at three, she's like, oh, what are you doing now, you mad thing? And I'm like, what do you think of it? She's like, do you just go asleep? Like, you know, I can't. Like, that's just the, the nature of it. You, you switch on. Miss Kelly would have to almost prep. I know the teaching profession as well, so Miss Kelly would have to prep as soon as she gets home. She's thinking about how she's going to deliver the classes tomorrow. She's thinking about the fact that you were sick yesterday and how we were going to respond. You missed three days, and I know, you know, so uh, nobody really ever switches off. If you're good at what you do and if you care about what you do, the, but you the key enjoy is, it so much you don't feel it. The key is to find the balance. It was, it was, we were, Gavin and I were in New York last week at a trade show, and I, we, 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 we took a couple of hours off and we did an open top bus tour and as I was going I saw a billboard and it says your place of work is where you are now and I went that is so true that is so true so true because with the advent of the phone as well like I mean we're completely connected at all times like I mean at all times we're completely connected but you don't you never switch off you never switch up but that's the it's kind of like a trill yeah, as well like it's a it. rush and if something if you pull a deal off that's a rush that is that's great you know what I mean it is it's and it's it's something that not a lot of people understand and not a lot of people get. You think you need high-ass grades to be an entrepreneur. You, you don't. What you need is you need to have a brain in your head and you need to have a little bit of focus. That doesn't mean don't go and try your best. You should always try your best. But, like, life is for a living. The, the chances of you being on this planet is four billion to one to be, in, to be a human being. You're a human being. You've won already. You've literally won already. So, I mean, challenges in school, they're not real challenges. Right? You get out to the real life, so... Live life with a smile on your face and understand that every day is going to be a challenge. It's just, just be more solutions oriented than, than focusing on problems. It's, it's amazing what I hear. This is the first time. I've, I've only ever wo- worked for a person with a third level education once in my whole life. And I think, like I mean, say, when, when you and I hooked up initially, like I mean, I taught you quite a lot. Now you teach me quite a lot. Like I mean, and a lot, your mind works a lot quicker than my mind. But what I will say to you is, is that there's one or two things that I always get, and this is really, really important for you guys, whether you're flicking your nails or not, I don't know. But when you're in school, it's amazing how many entrepreneurs will turn around to me and say, I wish I had listened in school. I wish I'd listened in school. Because you will pick up things and you will learn things now that when you were in business in 10 or 15 years time, you go, do you know what, I remember doing that. And it is influencing me. And do you know who the cool dude is in school? The cool dude is the guy or the girl who messes, but at the right time. That they, do, they don't mess in class, that they actually listen in class, then they do their messing at a, an appropriate time, but they listen in class, and then they do their messing at an appropriate time afterwards. And that's the cooler dude and than the, the person. dude is the one who doesn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> you that's get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we have a question from Kieran. Yeah, just really quickly. Uh, if you have if you have an idea, what would be your best? What, like, what's your advice for trying to get it up and going? You have time, my man. You have time. That's what you have is you have an idea. Let it develop. Um, but but push your ideas. Talk to people. We we think human beings are are, are a blocker to getting our success. If somebody ever ever came up to me and if I was rude to them or didn't let them at least tell me what their idea was, I'd I'd, I'd be really annoyed at myself. The better human beings and the human beings that can actually help you will listen. All you have to do is keep knocking. There's things called LinkedIn. There's things called Facebook. There's things called Instagram. Don't use them to scroll aimlessly. Use them to scroll and learn. Learn about who's, who, who's in, if you have an idea, whatever it may be, a board game. Who's building board games these days? 
how do I reach out to them? It's just about being clever. These are all smart. You're so still what I here. do when I have an idea, I'll just give you an example. The first thing I do is I'll check Amazon and I'll Google the idea because the idea already exists. There's no point in me pursuing it. Then I check, is the website available? You'd be surprised how many ideas we've had to veto because of the web domain or the, the LinkedIn <coughs> name or the Facebook name or someone has it on Instagram. It just kills it completely. So they're the first things I do because if I can get past those two big hurdles, I'm like, okay, there's, and then I'll buy them. So they're really cheap, like it can be five quid. Then I'll buy them because even if I have t- like 27 website domains for all ideas that we haven't done anything with yet, but they're just there. I keep them, no one else can have them then. So that's what I do. Okay, we have time for one more question. So one for us. Would you have to, uh, would you have to do like a lot of traveling for, for your business or businesses? Like, yeah, I do it. Yeah. Like, in, in 2017, I clocked up almost a half a million air miles. Uh, well, there's, fi- there's 52 states in America, Miss. Yeah. So I've done probably in that year 28 high 20s in terms of the states, um, visits and trade shows and um, networking is what we do. That's what you guys do, but just what I do at a different level, you know? So, hi, <coughs> my name, what's your name? Ross. Well, sorry, man, I'm Ross. I'm off doing that around the world completely. I'm like a leprechaun just using my Irishness. Do you know what I mean? Because that's to my advantage. So it's not very glamorous, though. It's not very glamorous, but yeah, to answer your question, very simply, a crap load of travel. Like, but but it was hard for me because myself and Eve are together since we're thirteen years of age. I have a family. Like I'm thirty nine now. of three kids. My eldest is you fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Do you play hurling football? So my my lad was on the Dublin developmental squads. I missed all that. He was hurling and football. Uh, uh, and that was hard, like. But again, you talk about sacrifices and finding work-life balance. I was that kid who didn't have it. I'm only well, you were going now. from Hong Kong to New York. He was doing this kind of like trade show thing, and people say, "My God, you live such a great life." People, please, you go into these. If you ever go to a trade show, there's no windows. <laughs> You're in a room, a giant hall, for eight, nine hours a day. No windows. You can't leave your stand to get food. Then you're so exhausted by the end of the day that you're going home. You're walking past all the attractions in New York because you couldn't be arsed looking at them. And that's your day for six days and you get on a plane and go home. So it's not as glamorous as I'll, it sounds. I'll give you one quick one, which is, which is funny, right? But it'll teach you like, the madness of it, right? If you find something that works, which if you're clever enough, you can, right? All you need to do is dig up and find some angles in order to make your idea and your product work, right? I flew, I got, went to Dublin Airport on a Wednesday, got there at quarter past seven, landed in Boston, seven, eight, nine hours later. Uh, got off in Boston, uh, went into my hotel, got up the next morning, 10 past seven, had a meeting. The meeting lasted 15 minutes. Uh, and it was an hour and a half riding an Uber down in Boston. And I was back on the plane that evening at eight o'clock. I'd seen the game, at the la- one of the last Game of Thrones episodes and I was able to spoil it for Eva, right? Uh, got back on the plane, that was like 36 hours. I spent 15 minutes in a meeting, 15 minutes. But the meeting was worth 150 grand. I arrived in China one time and I spent 11 days in China. I think I was only meant to spend three days. I ended up spending 11 days in China and I had nine internal flights in 11 days, which is kind of pretty, it's, it's, tire, it's tiring as such. You're just getting on a plane like as if you're getting on a bus or in a car. Like, but I, I still, I'm a little bit different. I love to travel. I, I, you don't like to travel. I love to travel, and it's no, it's no problem for me. You miss your family, but I, I gonna, like, I get a bit of a rush out of it. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, was, I went to a speed dating event in Orlando, right? The biggest. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was set up like this, right? So, so there was shop buyers. So, do you know any stores in America? Any stores? Walmart. Dude, awesome. 
right? 12,000 stores Walmart have, right? So Walmart compete with Target. Target have 11,000, Walmart have 12,000. Target's like the iron, it's, it's upper class. Walmart's like the suburb stuff where any, anybody can go in and just buy anything for cheap, right? And I'm sitting there, Target are here, uh, two minutes, they'll do your speech, next people move on, Walmart move in, next people move in, and you get 60 of them to do over three days, right? It was an incredible learning curve. It was really, really cool. But the hotel I was in was the biggest hotel on planet Earth. Bar none, it was officially the biggest. It was a five minute shuttle bus, shuttle bus run to uh, Disneyland and it was free, right? And I didn't leave the hotel. Did not leave the hotel. But I came back with 300 grand of orders. <laughs> okay, so uh, just on behalf of the class and everybody, I think we all found your interview really interesting in your podcast and we're really delighted you came. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>